0: Hello and welcome to the Money Talk podcast. I'm Ed Monk. Today on the show, it's a big week for tech and not only because of Elon Musk's bid to buy Twitter, the fangs will each have reported by the time this week is out and investors will know much better how the largest companies in the world are getting on. That's our focus today. If you enjoy the show, please rate us, share us or leave a comment wherever you get your podcasts. headlines in the tech world this week are dominated by Elon Musk's takeover bid for Twitter. But more important to most investors will be the earnings of the other giant tech companies. The so-called fangs that's Facebook, Amazon, Apple, Netflix and Google, will each have reported by the end of this week and investors will have a better idea of how the world's largest companies are faring. A decent showing could help stem the recent retreat for stock markets, but disappointing results this week are likely to trigger another setback. To discuss what might be in store, i'm joined by tom stevenson investment director here at fidelity uh, now tom before the end of this discussion we will return to elon musk and twitter um, but our focus today is on those companies that we still expect to be trading on public markets in the future and in particular those fangs that i've said about there um, why is this a particularly important earning season tom for the whole market actually but but for tech in particular
1: Yes, I, I, I think uh, earnings are particularly important at the moment uh, because they are probably the one thing which is really uh, keeping uh, the market's head above water. Um, uh, there are really two uh, two factors when it comes to, uh, to 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 the level of the stock market. One is uh, the amount of earnings growth, and the other element, of course, is you know how much people are prepared to pay for those earnings. That valuation multiple has been in decline for about a year now, actually, as people have become concerned about rising interest rates and uh, inflation and the like. So as that valuation multiple comes down, the onus is even more on uh, corporate earnings to to, to drive the market forward. Now, the good news is that, you know, so far in this earnings season, uh, you know, we're seeing reasonably good figures. And the expectation is still that earnings are going to rise by about 10 or 11 percent this year. But we're right in the thick of it now. This week and next week, uh, probably 300 of the 500 or so uh, S&P 500 constituents will be reporting their figures. So the next fortnight is extremely important. As for tech, why is it important for tech? Well, tech has been really under pressure. You know, the the sector is particularly vulnerable to to rising interest rates, which, of course, is the situation uh, that we face. And so a lot of tech stocks have seen their share prices fall Quite significantly, uh, many between sort of 20 and, and 30 uh, percent. So I think, you know, a lot of attention will be focused on what they have to say this week to see uh, whether the share prices are going to bounce back, uh, whether they represent value at this lower level.
0: Yeah. And it's not simply because these are very, very well-known companies and companies that many, many people will use multiple times every single day. That's not the only reason we're talking about them, because they simply are really, really large companies and they make up a big part of the index and movements in their share prices can uh, have an outsized effect on, on markets as a whole. Um That's been good for investors in general for many years, hasn't it? Because these companies have gone from strength to strength and they've almost sort of, you know, no matter what has happened, they've managed to find a way to to make gains, to grow their earnings and grow their share price. We're now seeing, aren't we, that each of them has had a slightly different experience through the pandemic and through this period where we're factoring in higher inflation and interest rates. It feels a bit like these fangs, this group of uh, stocks at the, at the at the top of the index they're beginning to sort of splinter slightly aren't they they each face their own set of challenges there's going to be winners and losers
1: yes I think that's right I think I, I think you know it, it's it's easy and a bit lazy to fall into the trap of just thinking about the fangs as a, uh, a, a as a as a as a single group of, of stocks that all move according to the same influences they're all quite different companies, Um, you know, there there are technology hardware manufacturers, Apple, uh, Microsoft. Uh, There are companies which are really about advertising, um, Google, um, Facebook. Um, uh, And there are streaming services, uh, Netflix. And uh, Amazon, of course, is is an online retailer. So those are very different businesses. And as you say, they've all had different experiences of the last two years. And they will continue to have different experiences of the changing world that we're living in at the moment of of high inflation, um, disrupted supply chains, uh, etc. So I don't think that you can just think of the fangs or indeed the technology sector uh, as one homogenous whole.
0: No, it's interesting. You you sort of describe in, in broad terms what what those companies are doing and where they're making their money. I suppose the through line through all these companies, despite kind of working in different markets uh, in- individually, th- they have this sort of this platform effect. You know, you, you hear this described in all sorts of different ways. Yes, Google and Facebook are in the advertising business from one point of view, but they're using this tremendous platform of people's data to really enhance how they do that advertising work Amazon, it's something similar with that data to um, encourage us to spend and and to sort of, you know, to, to really advertise and, and show us products that we really want. Um, they're all using that sort of platform effect. Now, th- I wanted to spend a little bit of time talking about Netflix. That's the company that actually reported last week. And it disappointed the market, didn't it, Tom, because the subscriber numbers at Netflix were falling. Now, it seems to me that Netflix, of all these companies, is the one... That's going to have the toughest time to show that it's got this sort of moat effect. It's got some very powerful rivals out there, and maybe people are perhaps beginning to change their view of a company like Netflix.
1: Yes, well, it's interesting that you should talk about the moat effect because I mean, you said you know, this is a this is an expression which was sort of popularised by. Warren Buffett, and it talks what it talks to is is a company's the, the sort of barriers to entry that protect uh, a company's market position, and of course Netflix, uh, you know, doesn't have uh, very good barriers to entry. So there are a lot of rivals in that marketplace now, uh, which have come along in recent years. You know, the the likes of uh, Disney and indeed you know Apple TV, um, uh, Amazon Prime. You know, the, many companies are in this uh, in this content. Uh, uh, area and um you know, as a consequence, we're all we're all facing a choice as to whether we have a Netflix subscription or a prime subscription or indeed all of them. And I think uh, up until now, maybe many people have said, oh, well, I'll, I'll I'll have two or three of these things. But as money becomes tighter, as inflation uh, becomes more of a problem uh, and as taxes rise and interest rates go up, et cetera, et cetera, all the things that we've discussed many, many times, I think people are beginning to question. Uh, those uh, decisions, those spending decisions. And and that was clearly evident in the announcement last week from Netflix when they uh, said that they'd lost 200,000 subscribers and they expected to lose another 2 million in the second quarter. That was quite unexpected to the market, which explained why the share price fell so dramatically.
0: Yeah, it's almost like a sort of um, reimposing of, of sort of financial reality or financial gravity, perhaps, on a, on a couple of nights at Netflix. They still ultimately are selling something that uh, is discretionary for for lots of people in in a cost of living crisis. People are going to have to decide whether they want that or not. Um, Thinking more widely, Tom, and perhaps taking in some of the other companies, what can we expect this week? I mean, all are expected. If you read the analyst notes, they're all expected to deliver healthy revenue growth this week. um, Perhaps double double digit revenue growth in some cases. Is that going to be enough, Tom, to satisfy the market? What are you looking out for this week?
1: Well, yeah. I mean, as you say, all all the major tech stocks are are reporting uh, this week. I mean, we're recording on Tuesday. We've got we've got figures from uh, Google owner Alphabet today, and Microsoft. Um, uh, Meta, which is the new name for Facebook, uh, is reporting uh, tomorrow, and then uh, both Apple and Amazon will be reporting. On Thursday, so it's a it's an extremely um, um, uh, full week for for technology figures. I think you're right about the the, the revenue growth. I think the earnings growth picture uh, is a bit more mixed, and and it really varies from from company to company. We talked about the different. The different drivers of of, of, uh, of um, revenues for these different companies, I think the ones which are dependent on uh, the health of the economy so the ones which are more advertising related um, i mean I guess that 's largely uh, alphabet i think we'll'll we'll, we'll be under under some pressure because I think the av- advertising market is sticky I think the ones which are uh, dependent on uh, globalisation and, and and effective supply chains. I'm thinking in particular here about Apple uh, uh, will maybe have some, some negative things to, to say about what's going on in China with the lockdowns uh, there. And then I think, you know, there's the whole sort of uh, working from home thing, uh, which I think was a was a big plus for uh, the likes of Microsoft, but also for Apple, where people were spending heavily on on kits so that they could so that they could work at home. I think that that environment has changed. So I think across the board, I think all of them. We'll be talking about some headwinds this time. Inflation is clearly a headwind uh, for all of them. Um, and I think what, what analysts will be looking at is the extent to which uh, these companies are able to, to use their, you know, uh, quite evident strength in terms of pricing power uh, to, to manage that uh, more difficult environment going forward.
0: Yeah, I mean, well, yeah, I wanted to dwell briefly on Apple if we can. I mean, it's a really interesting example of all those companies. I mean, they've all they've all suffered a bit, haven't they, this year? Some of them have suffered a lot in terms of their share prices, but Apple's done better than the rest, as far as I could see. Um, and y- you know, you, you you can you can see the market's view of Apple changing, or, or perhaps it already has changed over the last few years. It obviously was a manufacturer of these luxury. Um, tech items gadgets and f- smartphones but we've seen perhaps and maybe the experience of the pandemic shows us that your smartphone you're very loyal to your smartphone aren't you? you 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 know you're not you're not likely to necessarily trade in for a cheaper phone um and that sort of bolstered apple i guess the big test now is that if we really enter a cost of living crisis people don't have to up you know people don't have to um switch to a cheaper phone for apple to, to suffer they just need to choose to delay you know upgrading their existing iphone say and then that the fortunes of apple will be hurt by that i mean it's interesting isn't it tom how the the market can change its view of these companies and it's going to be tested in this period where we might uh, even have a uh, recession
1: yes i mean apple's it is an interesting example because in some ways it's a, it's it's a little like a, a, a car manufacturer you know i mean there's a there's a high degree of brand loyalty uh you know if if you know if you're a BMW owner then you will probably continue to buy uh BMWs. However, if you're used to changing your car every two years, then you might well decide that you can hold on to your car for four years. That makes an enormous difference to the manufacturer uh in terms of their, their their level of sales. And so I think that you know Apple is Apple does benefit from enormous brand loyalty. Um But uh, it it is it is, you know, it it is a manufacturer, essentially. I mean, there are other there are other elements to its earnings stream, but principally uh, it is dependent on people replacing their uh, phones, upgrading their phones to the to the new shiny model. And if people are going to resist doing that, then that's going to hit them. Indeed, indeed. Okay, well,
0: finally, Tom, I did I did uh, want to talk about Twitter and Elon Musk. I mean, that, I, I mentioned them at the start. That deal shows that uh, he, at least, Elon Musk, is very confident that Twitter has the potential to grow much more than it has so far. Uh, far. It's obviously a, a, a well-known tech name, not quite as big as some of the companies we've been talking about. What do you think that deal tells us, Tom, about the tech sector more widely?
1: I'm not sure it tells us a huge amount about the tech sector really because uh, well it's very difficult to second guess as ever um, uh, Elon Musk's real uh, motivation for 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 acquiring uh, Twitter I mean clearly the the company is an underperformer in, in in this sector I mean in in terms of subscriber numbers it is way. Uh, way below, or rather, user numbers. It's 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 way below. Uh, you know the likes of uh, Facebook, uh, for example. So you know th- there may be a commercial. Um, Uh, imperative here he may really think that he can grow this business but there may also just be a sort of you know a a, a platform he he may wish to for whatever reason to to acquire um, a a platform and there's certainly a sort of political uh, side to what's going on here and there's been you know sort of you know some some delight on Uh, you know, the Republican side of the uh, of the 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 divide and some sort of despair on the Democrat side about what he's actually going to do in terms of, um, you know, opening up um, uh, Twitter to to to, uh, to, to users, you know, opening up, you know, allowing them to, to, to say what they want mm-hmm. in a more free way than they have done before. So you know, I think there's a political element. There is obviously a commercial element. As ever with Elon Musk, it's very difficult to know what the principal driving factor is.
0: Yeah, I think all that's all that's right Tom. I mean there is some something to say I think around the price at which he's come in at. It's obviously a, a big premium versus what the share price suggests Twitter is worth right now. Yeah. That's not unusual is it for for takeovers for, to to come in above that level. But um and you know the, the 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 shares moved higher after this bid was accepted yesterday. Um but it's still some way below where the stock was last year in terms of in terms of price. And that suggests to me that yeah, there, there are. Da- I think the market more widely has some doubts, maybe about about n- not not tech as a sort of concept, of course, but but you know the valuations of tech at these even these levels, which have, which
1: have fallen back quite a lot. I mean, just to that point, I think you know the the really interesting uh, factor here is the is the alacrity with which you know some shareholders encourage the uh, the, the 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 board to accept uh musk's approach and i think that's telling us quite a lot about where they think uh that the company is likely to go in in share price terms uh in the future i think they were pretty keen to take his money
0: yeah yeah and, and the and the other point i was going to make and that, that occurred to me watching watching all of this i mean very often when you have uh, these takeover deals in in the offing and there's lots of press coverage around it you can read all sorts of quite in-depth analysis of of a company of where it needs to expand of what it's what its focus would be of of how it would monetize and, and, and improve the sort of commercial side of things it's hard isn't it tom with these with these tech companies really to, to for anyone not completely expert in them to really understand what's going on and to to understand the appeal Of Twitter to Elon Musk because I have to assume that there's all sorts of very far off future thinking that's being done by him and others around him about how a platform like Twitter can grow, how it can be leveraged with other business opportunities, how the the huge sort of the, the powerful data that's being collected by a social media platform like Twitter can be used i mean i'll speak for myself i just simply don't understand any of that stuff and i and i i've read around and i think there's a lot of people that don't really understand it you can be quite expert at the financial fundamentals of a company but you still might not understand all the technological implications of 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 what's within a company like twitter it's really difficult to scrutinize
1: yes and 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 with someone you know like elon musk who is such a sort of uh, you know a lateral thinker if you like and 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 has fingers in so many different pies in so many different uh, areas of 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 the economy and, and commerce. Uh, it's it's doubly difficult because you know he's clearly thinking, you know, uh, many many moves ahead of the rest of us.
0: Yeah, indeed. Well, um, I'm sure we will return uh, to tech and to this deal again and again, Tom. Um, but for now, that's all we have time for. Thanks for joining me. Thanks, Ed.
2: You've been listening to the Money Talk podcast. Check fidelity.co.uk for daily written updates and articles on these and other topics from across Fidelity in the UK. And subscribe via iTunes to get the podcast downloaded direct to your devices every week. Please be aware that the value of investments and the income you get from them can go down as well as up, so you may not get back what you invest. This information doesn't constitute investment advice and should not be used as the basis for any investment decision nor should it be treated as a recommendation for any investment. Eligibility to invest in an ISA or a pension and the value of tax savings depends on personal circumstances and all tax rules may change. You will not normally be able to access money held in a pension until the age of 55. Reference to specific securities or funds should not be construed as a recommendation to buy or sell these securities or funds and is included for the purpose of illustration only. Fidelity Personal Investing does not give personal recommendations. If you're unsure about the suitability of an investment, you should speak to an authorised financial advisor.